So Daniel Day-Lewis is the name that I've been hearing for years, but I always kind of neglected watching his films because, you know, throughout the years of my cinema going experience, I've had tons of people come up to me and say, dude, you gotta watch Daniel Day-Lewis. You gotta watch There Will Be Blood. You gotta watch Phantom Thread in the name of the father. And when I was being referred to watch those films, I was like 16, 17 years old. So those films at the time weren't necessarily very attractive to me. Um, I was, like I said, I was a young teenager. Granted, I am still young. I, I am, I'm only 22. But as I'm getting older and appreciating more kind of auteur cinema and more auteur directors like Paul Thomas Anderson, like a, like a Martin Scorsese or, or a Stanley Kubrick, these kind of filmmakers. When I was younger, I wasn't necessarily kind of attracted to their, you know, to their films like 2001 Space Odyssey. I just watched that film for the first time recently. When I was younger, I was more kind of, I mean, to be quite honest with you, when I was younger, when I was like 15, 16, I wasn't even really into movies that much. I mostly kind of, you know, paid attention to the to the sort of box office staples that were in the cinema at that time. So as I've been getting older and I've been hearing his name more and more and I've been studying film, I've been studying the art and the craft itself. And of course, I am now in a place where I want to be an actor. So now I've been going back and I've been watching a lot of these kind of older legends like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown, like Marlon Brando, of course, in The Godfather, but in other films like that, watching Orson Welles and Citizen Kane, watching you know, The Deer Hunter, Taxi Driver, you know, all these films that came out in like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. By the way, the 70s, what a fucking decade for film. But anyways, besides the point. Um, and, 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 you know, Daniel Day-Lewis didn't, didn't really dominate in that time. I don't think his career even took off until like the the, the late 80s, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, but I've now just started to kind of discover his films and now I've actually been starting to watch them and I'm just like obsessed. I just think he's, he's a fucking genius. There, there's no way to say it. This man is an absolute fucking legend. He is incredible. He's incredibly inspiring to watch. Like if you're watching this right now and you want to be an actor and you're, you're in my shoes, you're you're, you're, you're practicing, you're pursuing the craft, and you're looking to learn. Watch his films. I Now, granted, before I say this, I have not seen all of his films. I haven't seen Lincoln. I haven't seen My Left Foot. But I'm going to take a leap of faith and say, I don't believe that there is probably a movie he's been in that's bad. That's just my opinion. Now, I preface that by saying I haven't seen all his films. But judging by the films I have seen of his... In the name of the Father, there will be blood. Um, the boxer, right? You can tell that this guy is very careful of what filmmakers he decides to work with, right? He, like, like I mentioned, auteurs, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, who are some other? I, Paul Thomas Anderson keeps popping. I know I've said his name like three times because him himself, I've actually started to discover a lot of his films as well. But he's done two films with Daniel Day Lewis. There will be blood. And, uh, excuse me, just burped. <laughs> he did There Will Be Blood and he did Phantom Thread, which I just watched uh, for the first time yesterday. Um, but he's worked with many, 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 many talented filmmakers. Martin Scorsese, he's worked with as well. Gangs of New York, that's another one I just watched. You can kind of call him like the co-lead of that film. I think Di Di DiCaprio is definitely the... You know, the story definitely revolves around his character in terms of, you know, where the narrative kind of continues. But Daniel Day-Lewis definitely does share a lion's share of the screen time, arguably, if not equal, may like maybe like a like a like a little bit less than Leonardo DiCaprio. But 
This guy is just absolutely incredible. And I've just been like, just on like a binge of all the films that he's been in. And I just thought I would come on here and talk about it. There's a lot of other things we're going to be talking about here today on the show, but he is just amazing. And what he's really made me understand is how, like, I think, I think everybody can relate to what I'm about to say. You can tell a great actor, you can tell what, who a great actor is when you watch their films or you watch their performances and you don't see the actor, you see the character. That's when you know you have a great actor on your hands. I'm not going to say any names, but I'm sure all of you watching can probably think immediately of a couple of actors, famous actors I might add, that you watch a lot of their films and you feel like you're kind of just watching that actor in, in the movie. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that those people are bad actors themselves, but the the kind of performers that I particularly admire are these characters. You know, I know method acting is kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like frown. It's, it's starting to become like a frowned upon term and it's it sounds very pretentious, but I'll, I don't give a fuck. I'll say it method actors, but I'm talking real method actors, not guys, you know, like we hear about some, some stuff about Jared Leto with Morbius, how he sat in like a wheelchair. So I don't even know if that's true or not, but I'm talking about Christian Bale, Daniel Day-Lewis, the guys that embody the character, because at that point you're not acting. You are the character, the, the can, the camera synonymous. You are there. You are living in that moment right? You are living and breathing in the character's body. Those are the kind of performances that for me, I admire and I remember the most. Like for example, There Will Be Blood. I do not see Daniel Day-Lewis in that film. I know he's in the film, obviously, but I see Daniel Plainview. That's the character that I see. Just like in Phantom Thread, excuse me, just like in Phantom Thread, I don't see Daniel Day-Lewis. I see, uh, Reynolds, Reynolds Woodstock, the the uh, the sort of fashion the uh, the fashion designer. It's same thing for actors like Christian Bale. You know, I don't see Christian Bale in the fighter. I see uh, what's his name, Dicky. I can't even remember. But my my point is is like that's when you know you have a great actor when you don't see like you you always you're not stupid. You know that you know that you're watching that specific actor. But when you look back on the film after the fact. The first thing that doesn't come to your mind is the actor. You think of the character. That's what sticks with you. And that's why I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Now, he's not the only performer that pulls this off. There's tons. As I mentioned, Christian Bale, Joaquin Phoenix. Fuck, go watch Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Incredible performance. Obviously, Joker. Like, he is not the only one. There's obviously tons of different actors. Did the camera just turn off? Oh, we're still, we're still going. We're still going. We're good. My bad. Sometimes the camera makes a sort of sound where like, I don't know, but we're still, we're good <laughs> anyways. Um, but you know, where was I? I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Basically what I'm trying to say is like Daniel Day Lewis is, is of course not the only person, you know, that has those kind of, you know, traits that a lot of these successful actors do obviously DiCaprio, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, Christian Bale. I'm probably forgetting a couple. If I am, please remind me in the comments below. Um, now the question, excuse me, is Daniel Day Lewis the greatest actor of all time? This is a conversation I have seen across many different venues, many different platforms across many different channels. And I don't think I'm necessarily in a position to give that opinion right now. I'll say this. 
if the if the four films that I've seen in the name of the Father, the Boxer, Gangs of New York, and There Will Be Blood, if those were the only four films of his ever made, I don't know. That, that's tough. Look, when you're having a conversation like this, especially nowadays in society, because a lot of you that watch, no offense, but a lot of you are a little sensitive, so I will remind you, this is just an opinion. This is not me saying that this is fact. You may feel differently, and I hope you do, and that's okay. Let's talk about it in the comments. But the thing is, I feel like I need to just preface that before I continue, but whenever you have a conversation like this, and whenever you say, this is the best actor of all time, people are immediately going to feel offended that you, it's almost like by you saying that you feel, this is your opinion, that you feel this is the best actor of all time, now you're saying that all these other actors are bad actors. Not at all. I recognize how talented they are. But like I said, I mean, look, if those were the only four films that Daniel Day-Lewis had ever done, that's tough. But that's a what-if scenario. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm, here, I'll say this. I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it. Obviously, that's why we're talking about it right now. Once I finish the rest of his films, we're going to go back to this episode and we're going to reflect. And then I'll have a real answer. Just for me personally, as I mentioned, this is just my opinion, right? Feel free to disagree. If you think Daniel Day-Lewis is the worst actor on the face of this earth, although I don't think there is a human being that actually thinks that. If you, if you are, all power to you. But... This guy is an absolute genius. He embodies everything that an actor strives to be. So I'll stop the, you know, the, the sort of star gazing over or, or whatever the term is over Daniel Day-Lewis. But let me know what you guys think. Have you seen some of his films? And if you have, do you feel the same as me? Are, are you not as, you know, big of a fan of Daniel Day-Lewis? Let, let me know, rather, down in the comments below. So moving on from the Daniel Day-Lewis fanboy, uh, I want to talk about a couple new movies coming out, and we're going to start with The Fablemans. Now, this is directed by Steven Spielberg, and this film is being described as a sort of like loose kind of... It, it's This movie's loosely based off the events of his own life and of his own upbringing. I'm actually going to grab a plot description here. So this comes from Desert News by... I am definitely going to mispronounce this. Uh, uh, Jitan Jolly Punia. Sir, madam, if you are out there and you just heard me butcher your name, I am incredibly sorry. Forgive me, please. Thank you. Um, so, in the article says, quote, According to IMDb, the film is about Sammy Fableman, a young man growing up in the post-World War II era, as he describes... Um, as he, sorry, discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. And it says here below, it is loosely based on Spielberg's life. So yeah, basically, he's he's created these fictitious characters. Um, so it's not like a direct biopic, but apparently all of the events are very, very, very uh, close to the things that actually happened in Steven Spielberg's life. And I love films like this. I mean, we were talking about auteur directors in the last headliner about Dan Daniel Day-Lewis. And I totally forgot to mention Spielberg, arguably the greatest filmmaker of all time. Of course, E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Indiana Jones films, uh, Minority Report. You know, I, I could go on and on. You, I mean, you guys understand Steven Spielberg. West Side Story, which I, I think was my favorite film from last year. 
Um, and I'm actually pretty surprised that this one is coming out so quickly after his last film, West Side Story, right? And apparently the reviews are coming out and people are calling it his, his best film yet. Now I'm sure, you know, this is Steven Spielberg. I'm sure we probably hear these kind of things said about every film that he's made. Because I don't think this guy's made a bad film. I mean, say what you will about The Terminal. That's often a film that people point to in regards to if you have to pick a bad film, which one would you pick? Um, but even then, I mean, I think The Terminal's a, a fantastic film um, with good old Tom Hanks. Uh, for a while, I don't know why, I always thought that Spielberg directed Forrest Gump. And I just found out like a couple months ago that no, he didn't, but... Anyways, random, uh, random little tidbit there. Uh, but yeah, I love movies like this, especially movies that revolve around film itself, right? I love movies about Hollywood. I love shows about Hollywood. That's why I really, really enjoyed um, the limited series called The Offer, which is essentially about the producer of The Godfather, Al Ruddy, and showing the sort of kind of tumultuous, you know, uh, terrain that they had to navigate through in order to actually bring the film The Godfather to the big screen. Um, I love films like that. I love films that just are about Hollywood, right? Those are my favorites. And while this isn't like directly about Hollywood, it's it's sort of indirectly showing, you know, how one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, we're basically seeing his origin story, you know? We're not getting actors that are playing his real family members, but it's all, like I said, it's all basically loosely based off of him. Um, and that just excites me. And uh, I cannot wait for that. And I don't even know when it comes to theaters. If you guys know, let me, let me know down in the comments below. At some point, you know, I have so many different podcast ideas, but at some point I am going to have to get around to doing a Steven Spielberg ranking and a couple of other things. But one Cool little announcement I want to talk about. I felt this would be a good opportunity. So I'm going to be starting a new series. Now, I can't promise it's going to happen every week, but I'm going to try my very best every Sunday to do some kind of weekly mashup of what movies did I watch this week. And I'm going to go through each movie kind of, you know, I'm not going to talk about them for hours, of course, but I'm going to run through each movie, kind of give my quick thoughts on it. And I'm going to always try and talk about movies that I've never seen, right? I'm not going to just be a cheerleader and every week it's going to be The Dark Knight or every other week it's going to be The Lighthouse. You know what I mean? I'm going to try and watch films that I've never seen before, talk about them, give my thoughts in a nice little kind of way to cap off the week. Like, what did I, what did I watch this week? What are the films that I enjoyed? What did I not enjoy? And uh, so look out for that starting next Sunday. Uh, I'm definitely going to squeeze that in because I've already watched some some great films this week and I think it'll make for a nice little fun series. So that is something I felt would be a good opportunity to discuss. Uh, but now let's move on and talk about Damien Chazelle's next film, Babylon. Okay, holy fuck. So I specifically waited to watch the Babylon trailer till I was like, till right now, till I was ready to talk about it on the podcast. So in between takes, in between the headliners, I just sat and I watched it and, you know, I had like a brief idea of what the film was about. I know it's about the kind of transition in the early 1920s from, from where, you know, Hollywood was transitioning from silent films to kind of slowly moving towards talking pictures, which of course has now become what we all know and love. Uh, yeah, it even says here on IMDb, set in Hollywood during the transition from silent films to talkies, focusing on a mixture of, of uh, historical and fictional characters, uh, written by Dame, uh, by yeah, written by Damien Chazelle, 
and of course directed by him, and we all know and love Damien Chazelle. As much as I love La La Land, I still think my favorite film of his is Whiplash. I, I just, there's something about it. I, I just, I, I love it. Um, and, and I really do enjoy uh, La La Land as well, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I've had my eye on this film for a while, and now we've got our very first trailer, and it was just fucking wild. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I think it's probably my most anticipated film now for the rest of the year. At this point, I think I would probably say it was Don't Worry Darling. It was either Don't Worry Darling or Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but <laughs> I think this is now my most anticipated film to kind of wrap up this last quarter of um of 2022 here and yeah this trailer was just crazy i it was just i don't I, i'm still kind of processing it and if we look at the cast here uh olivia wilde i didn't see her in the trailer um brad pitt uh margot robbie samara weaving toby mcguire katherine watterson eric roberts gene stewart uh, gene smart rather um, and then some of these actors below I've, I'm not too familiar with, but yeah, the cast is just off the wall and worse, the, the, there's somebody missing here. He seems to be the lead Diego Calva. Yeah, there he is. Uh, I think he is the lead of this film and wow, it's funny. We were just talking about how I love films that are all about Hollywood. This is literally another one of those projects where this is all about Hollywood and this is very unique because a lot of these films that you know are about Hollywood usually are documenting events that happen anywhere from kind of like the 70s on, maybe even the 60s a little bit. Okay, okay, sorry, I'm actually wrong. There's actually quite a few films that kind of document the early Hollywood from like the 1940s. You know, you look at Mank from a couple of years ago that talked a lot about um, Herman Mankiewicz, the writer of Orson, or, uh, the writer of, uh, excuse me, uh, Citizen Kane. Um, but I don't, you know, to my knowledge, I'm sure there probably are some that exist, but I don't think there's many films that document this specific time period in regards to the 1920s and where Hollywood was at at that period of time, you know, during that time where, you know, we had obviously, of course, huge actors and, you know, like, um, who's, who's the one I think, uh, Charlie Chaplin. I, I know, uh, Toby Maguire is apparently signed on to play him in an upcoming biopic. So yeah, that trailer was just crazy. That's sort of like my raw reaction to it. Um, I don't really know what to think about it. Let me know what you guys think about it uh, down in the comments below. So to kind of wrap up uh, today's podcast, and I know these are kind of a little bit more shorter, a little bit more short rather, uh, it's better English. Uh, than usual. Usually these are around 40 to kind of, you know, the latter half of like an hour uh, mark. And we'll definitely go back to those. But I don't know, lately, I think these these kind of shorter episodes have kind of been uh, a little bit easier to make and a little bit more fun too, because you got to think from my position, I'm not even going to say that because that sounds like I'm fucking bitching and complaining. But the only kind of challenge with doing these podcasts is it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse to do this on your own. The blessing is that you are completely in control. I am completely in control. I don't have anybody to tell me how I should make my podcast, what I should do with my podcast, you know, this, that, and the other. But the only problem is, is like without having anybody and especially without having a co-host, you got to talk on your own and you got to be good at it. And I think I'm exceptional at it. But the only problem is, is that there's only, so, <laughs> there's only so many things you could say by yourself. There's only... 
you know, the, it's, you can only talk for so long on your own. And that's really the only challenge about doing this podcast. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely going to continue to do episodes that are over an hour long, but I really need to find enough things to talk about. Right. And if I'm talking about one movie that I love, is somebody really going to want to sit there for, you know, through 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 20 minute headliners to listen to me talk about how much I love this one movie I could kind of give my piece about it for a good five minutes and that's really all that's necessary right I'm not just gonna sit here I love this I love that but blah, 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 blah. and it, it, it it'll get pretty old I'm sure that's not what you guys want to see um so kind of doing these shorter episodes have really kind of worked out well for me but uh one thing that I want to talk about here before we kind of wrap up today's podcast is the question of is Marvel real cinema, right? This is a conversation that I've 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 heard for quite a while, and I'm not gonna lie to you. It kind of drives, drives me nuts. I'm not gonna say the filmmakers that say stuff like this. I'm sure we all probably know who it is. Um, and a lot of these filmmakers that share this opinion are some of the I want to make this very clear, they're some of the greatest filmmakers to ever don the art. I want I want to make that very, very clear. These are people that have been trailblazers and that have inspired me to pursue not even just acting, but even filmmaking. I've had interest in, in doing filmmaking. These filmmakers that say this stuff are some of the greatest people and they're entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. 100%. But here's mine. I think that the conversation of is Marvel true cinema, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I think Marvel movies are a different kind of movie. Just like a lot of these filmmakers that, that criticize Marvel films from taking away audiences from these more kind of grounded films, those films are different kinds of films. Not everybody wants to watch those films. I love, me specifically, I love watching a lot of those kind of films, right? I discussed some of these films earlier. These are actually some of my favorite films of all time, but I also love superhero films. I'm able to enjoy both. There, I can appreciate them for different reasons. And while the Marvel films are very different, don't get me wrong, they're obviously very supernatural, very unrealistic, but a lot of the times they deal with characters that have some sense of relatability to audiences. Look at Spider-Man. He's a young, immature kid who who who, who struggles to get girls and he, he, he struggles to make ends meet financially. Like, like these, these are things that people can relate to, you know? You look at characters like Batman, right? Batman lost his parents. The, he, he, he's dealing with that grief his entire life. Sure, he goes about it in a very kind of, you know, in, in, in a very unrealistic way, right? We don't have vigilantes running around. And if we did have vigilantes, they'd be apprehended by the police and, you know, they'd be charged for their crimes. Right? Like these, those aspects, yes, those are obviously very unrealistic, but it's it's a form of escapism. It's, it's entertaining to watch. But they still, they, they, there, there are still characters that have relatability, right? There, you know, like the, there's even stories that a lot of these superhero films discuss in that share that, well, I almost want to say they're kind of Shakespearean like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's in a weird way, like they deal with it in a way that can attract different, you know, target markets and different audiences. But a lot of these stories are actually kind of stories that if you break them down to their core, they're actually kind of very relatable. I keep using that word relatable because a lot of these comic book films, in a sense, you can pull some kind of relatability from them. Not all of them, but some of them. And I mean, look, let, let's just say this. Films play 
in the theater. They play in the fucking cinema. They're just a different kind of film. That's all. That's my take. I'm not criticizing those that share the opinion that it isn't cinema or whatnot. That's your opinion. All power to you. And I respect it. I respectfully disagree. I think it's I, I think it's ridiculous to say that Marvel, not even just Marvel films, superhero films, comic book films, aren't aren't considered in the conversation. There are some people don't even consider them real cinema, whatever that means. If you're telling a story, and your film is on the big screen, guess what? That's cinema. That is cinema. If you are telling a story, it does not ha always have to be grounded and realistic. I love those kind of stories. But as long as you're telling a story and it's playing on the big screen, newsflash, that's cinema. And I'll leave it there. That's my opinion on that subject. I've always wanted to talk about that. That's my opinion on it. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Another short episode. Short but sweet. And like I said, that new series... I don't really know. I kind of, you know, I need to kind of sit back and think of a cool name for it. But it's basically just going to be me every Sunday going through the movies that I watched this week. The new movies that I watched, giving my sort of review, my sort of rundown quickly on the things I like, things I didn't like. And uh, yeah, so that'll start next Sunday. Look forward to more episodes of Unbashful. If you stuck around for this long, I want to thank you very much for sticking around and watching. Uh, each and every day, I'm trying to continue to build this podcast to uh, to greater, bigger and greater heights. And if you want to join me, Throughout this journey, I would love to have you here along for the ride. Make sure to like and subscribe, share the podcast, spread the word of Unbashful, and I will see you all lovely people on the next episode. Goodbye.